Welcome back. I am Joshua Roberts, attorney at law, and you are watching Lawyer Up. In today's episode, we continue our discussion of family law. In this video, we're going to take a look at child custody, visitation, and child support. Remember to hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel if you want to learn more. If you got something to say, comment below and share me on social media. I'd appreciate it. Now remember, I am a lawyer, but I am not your lawyer. If you need legal advice specific to your situation, you need to lawyer up with an attorney in your area. As I have said in these videos before, the laws are different in all 50 states. So when it comes uh, to issues of child support, visitation, uh, custody, uh, you need to get with a lawyer in your area to discuss the particulars of your case. The information I'm providing in this video is the general law in most of the states. Now, the first issue when it comes to determining custody of a child in a divorce is the standard that the court uses uh, to do so, and that is the best interest of the child. Uh, I'll say that again, the best interest of the child. Now, that is as vague as it sounds. It sounds like about anything goes, uh, and about anything does go in the determination of custody. However, in most states, they will have certain factors that the judge is to look at when they are determining custody. The court looks at the child's relationship with each parent and that parent's ability to provide for the child. That's not to say that a rich parent gets a, a better nod, but it can work against a parent if they don't have the ability to financially provide for their children. The court looks at each parent's willingness to facilitate a relationship with the other parent. Because if you're a parent that doesn't ever want to let the kid go for visitation, uh, that can uh, be a detriment to maintaining a good, healthy relationship between both parents and all children. Courts will examine the physical and mental health of both parents. They look at a child or the children's adjustments to their home, to their school, and to their community. They look to see if there's any history of abuse or neglect between the parents and each other and or the children. Uh, they inquire into any uh, types of alcohol or drug abuse amongst the parents, any domestic violence, any criminal behavior or criminal records of the parents. And last but not least, the courts will consider the parents' wishes and the children's wishes where appropriate as to custody. What a judge determines in these cases is legal custody and physical custody. Now, legal custody is determining who makes decisions regarding the children. And in most cases, both parents will get joint legal custody regarding decision-making regarding their children. The next thing the judge determines is physical custody, and that is who will be in physical possession of these children. This again can be joint physical custody or sole physical custody. Now, a scenario where a court would order sole legal custody and sole physical custody is rare. Uh, you don't get that because you're the better parent. You have to demonstrate that the other parent is completely unfit or unwilling to participate uh, in the parenting process. Generally, that requires uh, something fairly significant, such as uh, abandonment, 
uh, incarceration uh, can be a, another uh, thing where you could have sole uh, legal and physical custody. And if you can demonstrate a severe drug addiction, that's also a reason uh, for a court to grant one party uh, sole uh, physical and legal custody. But by and large, that's rare because the statutes in most states are written such that both parents get equal time with their children. Uh, gone in most states are terms like primary physical custody uh, and parenting plans that have the dad getting the kids every other weekend. Uh, the uh, evolution of divorce law has basically moved towards equality or father's rights, giving them uh, equal or as close to equal time uh, as the court can uh, basically legislate in that particular relationship. Now, of course, this can be difficult to have equal parenting time if the mom and dad live, uh, say, several states away. In those types of scenarios, you'll have to decide uh, where the children are going to basically live for educational and mailing purposes, uh, where they're going to live to go to school, so to speak. And then you have to make up time uh, during the various summer, winter, and spring breaks that are available for the kids, at least while they're in school. Now, obviously, uh, the judge will do something different if there is a reason and if it's in the best interest of the child. And these are scenarios uh, where you have allegations of abuse or neglect. And when one parent alleges that the other parent is abusive or neglectful, uh, that will generally necessitate the appointment of a guardian ad litem. And what a guardian ad litem is, is a, an attorney that's appointed by the court to represent the interests of the children. This is an attorney who will dig in and try to determine what is in the best interest of the child or children, uh, and they'll look to see if the allegations of abuse and neglect are valid and uh, how they affect the children at issue in the particular divorce. Now, this third lawyer in the case, uh, this guardian ad litem, is also paid for by the two parents. So that is one of the reasons why divorces get so expensive, because when you were a family, you could hire one lawyer to deal with your legal issues. But now that you're getting a divorce, and if there's any allegations of abuse or neglect, you have three lawyers. So every time you go to court, you're paying your lawyer, your soon-to-be ex is paying their lawyer, and then there's a third lawyer. If they're billing $300 an hour, every time you walk into the courtroom, that's $900 an hour that are being paid for from marital assets, which is another great reason to compromise and resolve uh, these types of cases outside of the courtroom, if you at all can. Now, in regard to custody determinations, there's also something called a parenting plan. And this is the document where the parents uh, basically put in the particulars of their micromanagement of their co-parenting relationship with these children. And these documents have a bunch of general statements about how they're going to co-parent in the best interest of the children. They're going to work together regarding decisions. Every action they take is going to be for the betterment of the health and welfare of these kids. So it's in these parenting plans where the parents can really drill down into the particulars of who's going to pay for health insurance, uh, who's going to pay for extracurricular activities, in what years does which party get to claim the kids on their tax returns, what are conditions where you could move to another city, and that be allowed under the uh, parenting plan. 
And in this document is a visitation schedule. This basically dictates the dates and times and locations of drop-offs and pickups, uh, who's going to be providing the transportation, uh, and it makes a determination as to which parent is actually going to have physical custody of uh, which children or all of the children uh, for every second of every day during the course of the year. It actually gets that specific. In these documents, you'll often see a big chart and it's got all the holidays listed. And then half of them will be in mom's column and half of them will be in dad's column. Uh, and it'll say that in even numbered years, this is the schedule. And in odd numbered years, they flip flop so that if dad has uh, the children for Christmas this year, mom will have them for Christmas next year. So these uh, parenting plans are very, very detailed. And the thing to remember about them is that if two parents uh, decide they want to do something different than what's in the parenting plan, they're certainly free to do so. Uh, the courts don't want to interfere uh, between two people co-parenting their children. However, if there's a disagreement and the parties can't work it out, the default is to go back to what's in the parenting plan because that's what the court has ordered. Now let's switch gears and talk about child support. Now every parent has a duty to support their children. Uh, that is whether you are married or not, and that is even if you get to see your child or not. I've had several dads come in and say, well, I haven't got to see my kids, so I don't have to pay child support. Well, unfortunately, that's not how it works. You continue to have a child support obligation. The remedy is to go back to court and have the judge uh, facilitate a visitation schedule so that you do then get to see your children. Now, every state has a formula for calculating child support. And these calculators are available. Uh, you can Google your state and child support calculator uh, and a calculator that is specific to the parameters of your state will pop up. You can enter the information and get a ballpark uh, figure of what a child support obligation might be in your particular situation. Now in the United States, there are two different models for child support. One of them is a shared income model. That's in 40 of the states. In the other 10 states, there is a percentage of income model. Uh, the difference is in the shared income model, it considers the shared income of both parents. It combines the earning powers of both parents in calculating uh, what the child support obligation should be. In the percentage of income model, it only looks at the parent that is paying child support. So the other parent's income isn't considered at all. They look at the party that's paying child support and then a percentage of that individual's income is how they calculate uh, the child support obligation. So let me give you an example of the shared income model, which is what is used in most 40 of the states. The child support calculator first takes the gross income of each parent. It then adjusts for any maintenance that's being paid, any child support obligations that are being paid, and of course uh, is particular to the number of kids involved. Once you factor in those figures, you get an adjusted monthly gross income for the family. And that total figure equates with a basic child support amount uh, that the uh, parental unit should expect to pay uh, for the number of children that were born of the marriage. Now, it used to be we'd have big, thick books and we'd have to flip them open and find in a big chart to go over to see what that amount was. 
but with the advent of these child support calculators online, it uh, will do it for you. And really, once you find this figure, it is the proportion of your income to that figure, which essentially will calculate the amount of child support. So if I make twice as much as my wife, I should expect to pay 66 or two thirds of that percentage of that overall global child support amount uh, that the uh, state says is required to support uh, the children born of the marriage. However, from there, there are other adjustments. They'll make adjustments for the party that is paying for the health insurance. They'll make adjustments for the party that is paying for childcare. Uh, they'll make adjustments if there are uncovered medical costs based upon who is paying for those. And finally, they make adjustments for the amount of time that they will be spending with each parent. If they're going to be with uh, a parent two-thirds of the time for whatever reason, uh, then the child support amount will be adjusted by the calculator. Ultimately, at the end of the day, a number falls out the bottom, and this is the presumed child support amount. Now, parties are free to deviate up or down from that amount, but if they can't agree, that's the amount that the judge will at least start their analysis with in determining what an appropriate amount of child support would be in any given case. Now, child support continues for each child at issue until they emancipate. Now, that can be 18, but it extends beyond that if they attend college, at least in most states. Emancipation can also happen if they get married or if they join the military. And obviously, if you have multiple children, they will emancipate at different times. So the global child support figure will go down as each child emancipates. Now that you understand the issues regarding child custody and visitation and child support, it's important to note uh, that these are all modifiable. We talked about the distribution of assets and debts before, and when you get a final judgment on that, that's pretty much final. But when it comes to child support, visitation, custody, these are all modifiable issues, which means that you can fight a case for two years, have a determination, and six months later, the other side can file an additional motion to modify, and you're squabbling about the same issues again. This is why in the family law arena, we say we have clients for 18 years because the squabbles continue. Now, in order to file a motion to modify, whether it be custody, visitation, or child support, there needs to be a substantial change of circumstances. And when it comes to uh, child support, usually that's going to be somebody who got a big promotion or lost a job. And the financial data that went into the uh, calculation of the support previous is no longer valid or accurate. In those instances, there is a change of circumstances. It can be substantial, and if it is, it would lead to the modification of a child support award. To have a modification in the custody or visitation arena, usually something significant has to happen. Uh, it could be uh, an issue of abuse or neglect. It could be an issue of somebody moving out of state, but it's something significant enough to modify the custody and or visitation schedule as the court had established. Finally, there's the issue of maintenance, uh, and that issue comes into play uh, usually when there's one spouse that uh, makes a whole lot of money, another spouse that stays home uh, and is a homemaker, and then they divorce. Now, the argument is when you get married, uh, there is a marital partnership, and you agree to uh, act as a single unit. 
Uh, a lot of times a wife will say, well, I could have had a career, but we decided he was the doctor, he was going to go to work, I was going to take care of the kids. And it's not fair now that uh, he gets to this high level of income while I basically have no ability to make a living. So in those instances, a court will sometimes issue maintenance. Used to be called alimony, uh, the other way it's called palimony. Um, but those are circumstances where the court seems it uh, finds it reasonable to issue a set amount of a payment for a set period of time. It doesn't go on indefinitely, but the court can award certain payments as maintenance. Usually the longer the marriage and the greater the income disparity, the more likely a party is to get maintenance. Uh, it generally isn't awarded if you've just been together for a short period of time or if you make at or about the same amount of money. Courts don't usually get involved in maintenance in those situations. Last but not least, people ask, well, what if I'm not married? What if I've got a custody and visitation and child support issue with somebody that I'm not married to? Well, that's called a paternity case, where you go into court and the court establishes that this person is the father. Once that is established, from there it tracks just like a divorce case, really, when it comes to issues of custody, visitation, and child support. They're going to have the same analysis. What's in the best interest of the child? You're going to be parenting plans. They're going to decide visitation. And ultimately, they're going to look at the income of the parties uh, in the shared income states, and they're going to determine child support. So a paternity case, once paternity is established, is the same handled the same way as a divorce. Well, that's your primer on family law. And in particular, in this video, we talked about child custody, visitation, and child support orders. If you learned something, hit that like button. If you want to know more, subscribe to the channel. Share me on social media. And if you've got something to say, put it in the comments below. Thanks again for watching. You've been watching Lawyer Up. Send lawyers, guns, and money. Get me out of this